Episode 3, What I Learned from 10 Years Living in Brazil, Part 1. Hello and welcome to the School of Duda Intermediate English Podcast. I am James, a British English teacher living in Sao Paulo. If this is your first time listening, then please be aware that there is a free transcript and vocabulary list available for this podcast. Simply go to schoolofduda.com and you can access all the extra content for this podcast to help you study English while you listen. Okay, let's begin. The 4th of January 2022 was a significant day in my life because it marked 10 years since my move from England to Brazil. In this episode, I thought I'd tell you why I moved to Brazil and share some of the lessons I've learned from my experience living here. As there is a lot I would like to say about this topic, I've decided to divide it into two parts. So you can listen to the second part of this story in next week's episode. This story begins in London, when I met my Brazilian girlfriend. After happily living together in northwest London for two years, one day my girlfriend asked me if I would like to move to Brazil. She had spent the last decade living in London away from her Brazilian family and decided she wanted to spend more time with them. Her sister had recently become pregnant with twins, so she thought it would be a good moment to return to Brazil. By chance, she had also received a job offer from a company located in Curitiba, the same city where her sister lived. I didn't hesitate and agreed immediately. Since I was a child, I'd always thought that one day I would live in a foreign country and learn to speak a different language. To go to Brazil would be an adventure. At the time, I had an NGO that was working with communities in the Amazon rainforest to help stop deforestation. An NGO is a non-governmental organization, which means it is independent from the government and does not operate for a profit. I thought that living in Brazil, close to the Amazon rainforest, would be good for my work too. All the signs seemed to be pointing towards Brazil. I called my parents to let them know the news. As you might expect, they were both a little sad that we'd be living so far away, but also excited for us. As always, they were very supportive. We arrived in Curitiba with just our suitcases and quickly began to look for a one-bedroom apartment to rent. Curitiba is a small city located in the south of Brazil. Compared to most English cities, it is not that small. It has a population of almost 2 million people, the eighth biggest city in Brazil. Until I met my girlfriend, I had no idea that the city of Curitiba existed. If you ask an English person to name cities in Brazil, most will know of Rio, Sao Paulo, maybe Manaus and Salvador, the main tourist destinations. But Curitiba, forget it. Brazilians seem to love Curitiba. They are proud of how organized the city is. The buses arrive on time and the streets are kept clean. But the main reason they love it is because it is cold. Curitiba is located at almost 1,000 meters above sea level. This high altitude makes it significantly cooler than most places in Brazil. For an Englishman moving to Brazil, you could say it is the perfect place to begin. It rarely gets too hot, 
most of the year the temperature is between 20 and 30 degrees. But in the winter, the temperature drops to 15 degrees, sometimes as low as 10 degrees on especially cold days. Now, if you're listening to this and you live in a cold country that experiences temperatures of zero degrees or even lower, then you are probably thinking that 10 degrees is nothing to complain about. Well, let me tell you why you are wrong. This is the first lesson I want to share with you. Lesson one, Brazil is cold. When you think of Brazil, you always think of a hot tropical country. Or at least I did. And to be fair to Curitiba, for most of the year, the temperature is warm and life is very pleasant. But because of this, the buildings have zero infrastructure for the cold. There are no heating systems, no windows with double glazing, no insulation in the walls, no carpets on the floor. When winter arrives, you are literally freezing from the moment you wake up until the moment you go to bed. You sit inside your apartment while the cold air blows in through the gaps around the windows and under the doors. If you go out to a restaurant, you think, surely they'll have heating. Wrong again. None of the restaurants or cafes have heating. Inside the restaurants in Curitiba, the people are all wearing big, thick winter coats, woolly hats and scarves. They even wear gloves while trying to eat. It's ridiculous. I used to work in a co-working space. I would have to get up from my desk every 30 minutes and walk around to try and warm my hands up because my fingers would get so cold that it was no longer possible to type anything on my laptop. Now, I grew up in the north of England. In the winter months, it can go below zero degrees. I thought I knew what cold was, but people who live in a cold country like England don't really get cold. You might feel a bit cold when you go outside, but if you are sensible, you go back inside as quickly as possible where there is heating. If you go to a restaurant or a pub in England, it might even have a nice warm fireplace that you can sit next to. Not in Curitiba. In Curitiba, you spend all day feeling cold. It gets into your bones. The only solution to keep warm is to keep moving. When I lived in Curitiba, I had a Finnish friend. This is what we call someone from Finland. These were his exact words. Never in my life had I been so cold as when living in Curitiba. That's not me saying this. This is a man from Finland where the temperatures reaches minus 10 degrees in the winter months. Also, did I mention it rains a lot in Curitiba? I mean, you leave a city like London that is famous for being cold and rainy to move to a hot tropical country like Brazil, and what do you get? Brazilians have a nickname for Curitiba. They call it Chuva Chiba. Chuva is the word for rain in Portuguese. After two years living in Curitiba, my Brazilian girlfriend, who by then had become my wife, could not take the cold anymore. If you can't take something anymore, it means you can't tolerate it. Once again, she asked me if I wanted to move, this time to Sao Paulo. Again, without much hesitation, I said yes. But I think my wife was so fed up with the cold that she was moving with or without me. 
Fed up is an adjective that you use when you are tired, annoyed, or upset at a situation. Curitiba was my first home in Brazil. I have many great memories and wonderful friends from my time spent there, but I really don't miss the cold. Next, we moved to Sao Paulo. We were lucky to find a nice little two-bedroom apartment near to the park in the neighborhood of Moema. Sao Paulo is the biggest city in Brazil by far, with over 12 million people and perhaps as many as 20 million in the greater area. It is a concrete jungle. When you fly over, it seems like it will never end. It is truly cosmopolitan and in my experience, one of the greatest cities in the world. Despite all the concrete, noise and pollution, it is possible to find a lot of beauty even in a big dirty city like Sao Paulo. And this brings me on to the second lesson that I want to share with you. Lesson two, Brazil is beautiful. There are so many reasons why Brazil is beautiful. Here is just one reason, the diversity. One place in which Brazil's beauty can be found is the diversity of the people, especially in a city like Sao Paulo. Brazil is home to over 215 million people. It is one of the most multicultural and ethnically diverse nations on earth due to over a century of mass immigration from around the world. There are descendants from the indigenous population who were thought to have existed in more than 2,000 different tribes for thousands of years. Around 56% of Brazilians identify as black, making Brazil home to the largest population of people of African descent outside of Africa. You probably already know that this is due to the millions of African slaves brought to Brazil during its dark history as a Portuguese colony. What is less commonly known is that Brazil is also home to the largest population of Japanese descendants outside of Japan, with an estimated 1.5 million Brazilians being of Japanese descent. This is due to the mass immigration to Brazil after Japan was defeated in the Second World War. Where I live in Sao Paulo, it seems like there is a Japanese restaurant almost on every corner. If you like good sushi, then you will love Sao Paulo. Many Brazilians have European ancestry, especially in the south of Brazil, with the most common being Portuguese, Italian, Spanish and German. It is possible to find whole towns and communities descended from different corners of the world. You can be traveling in the middle of nowhere in Brazil and suddenly come across a town where everyone speaks German or Polish or Dutch. The middle of nowhere is a phrase we use to describe a place that is very remote and isolated. There is a significant number of Brazilians descended from East Asian countries other than Japan, like Korea and China, and perhaps surprisingly, as many as 6% of Brazilians are descended from Arab countries like Syria, Lebanon and Turkey. Interestingly, I have met several Syrian refugees recently who have made Brazil their new home after being forced to escape the current war in Syria. They told me that Brazil was the only country that would accept them. One of them was an international human rights lawyer in Syria. Now he sells Arabic food at the street market where I live. They said that they feel welcome in Brazil and even receive some support from the Brazilian government to help them complete their forms in Portuguese to get visas. 
Brazil is a real melting pot when it comes to its population and racial diversity. A melting pot is a common metaphor to describe a place where there are different people and cultures mixed together. What do Brazilians look like? It is impossible to stereotype them. I have Brazilian friends with blue eyes and blonde hair that are of German and Polish descent. My own daughter has the most beautiful golden brown skin and curly hair, a mixture of African and indigenous descent. Sometimes I even meet Brazilians with bright red hair and discover that they are descended from Scottish immigrants. In Brazil, you can find a mix of everything. They say that on the black market, a Brazilian passport is the most in demand. Everyone wants one. I have no idea if this is actually true, but the idea is that Brazil is so ethnically diverse that nobody can tell if you're Brazilian or not just by looking at you. Brazilians come in every size, shape and colour. The result of all this immigration makes Brazil incredibly culturally diverse, and this is also reflected in the spiritual diversity. It is true that Christianity is the largest religion in Brazil, with 65% of Brazilians identifying as Catholics and another 22% being Protestant. But there are also many other religious communities, the most popular being Jewish, Muslim, Buddhist, as well as African and indigenous religions. Brazilians are very spiritual people, and it is refreshing to see how open and tolerant they are to other religious beliefs. Many of my Brazilian friends follow a mixture of religious traditions. They are Catholic, but they also pray to the African gods, as well as practicing spiritism, Spiritism is a version of spiritualism. Brazil has the largest number of followers of spiritism who believe in communication with the spirits from the afterlife. Brazilians seem to be open to a mixture of beliefs from different religions. It is this diversity of people and cultures that makes Brazil especially beautiful. When a community is made up of people from different backgrounds, beliefs and skills, each person is able to contribute their own unique story and gifts to create a greater whole. Diversity is one of Brazil's great strengths and has the potential to make a richer and more vibrant society. Another place Brazil's beauty can be found is in its biodiversity. Brazil is the biggest country in South America. It is so big that the second biggest country in South America, Argentina, could fit inside Brazil three times. Because of its large geographical size, it is home to a diverse range of ecosystems. In the last 10 years, I've had the opportunity to visit many beautiful parts of Brazil. The first place I visited was the Amazon rainforest, the most biodiverse place on earth. The Amazon is well known around the world, but Brazil has many different beautiful habitats. In the northeast, there is the Kachinga, which is a tropical dry vegetation. Kachinga means white forest. In the center is the Sahadu, a wet savanna region. In the west is the Pantanal. This is the wetlands. This is the best place in Brazil if you want to see lots of animals. It is often difficult to see many animals in the Amazon because they are so good at hiding in the trees. The southeast is home to the Atlantic Forest. This includes where I live in the state of Sao Paulo. Finally, in the extreme south of Brazil, there is the Pampas in the state of Rio Grande do Sul.
This is a grassland habitat which is ideal for cattle farming. This is where the gauchos live, and this is where my wife originated from. Gauchos are basically the Brazilian cowboys. If you're looking for beauty, diversity, and biodiversity, then Brazil has it in abundance. Okay, I hope you've enjoyed my story so far. In the next episode, I'll continue to share a few more insights that I have learned from my time in Brazil. Do not forget that there is a free transcript and vocabulary list for this podcast available at schoolofduda.com. If you would like to practice your writing skills, then why not leave me a comment on the website under this podcast episode? Have you ever visited Brazil? Or would you like to live here? I would like to know what you think about Brazil and this episode. If you'd like to support this podcast, then you can share it with a friend. You can also leave me a review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you like to listen. Okay, thank you once again for listening, and I look forward to talking to you in the next episode. Until next time.